The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now that you're published in America Mag, you're the most reputable source on this podcast. Exactly. I've, 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 I, I am Mr. Writer Boy. Mr. Jesuit Man. That's who I am. Oh, I have good news. Oh, tell This me can that. go at the beginning of the podcast if you like. Great. My article on America Magazine right now is at number three on their popular list. No way. Let me see. Yeah. That. Let me look. Really? It That's is. Awesome. If you, and if you scroll down on their... Mag dot com magazine it's also it's also a featured article when under news and analytics my my article is the top one that's on news and analytics analytics analysis news and analysis Analysis. let's see here wow it's you've got it's a big it's a big thing like the it is yeah news and analysis dear catholic stop obsessing over the white house and focus on local politics yep still number three awesome isn't that cool you're famous i'm seeing something very concerning on americamag.com yeah Father James Martin talks with the creator of Pixar's soul about finding God in all things. <laughs> he should read my article about it. Pete Doctor was inspired by Father Martin's book, The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything, and its insights about Ignatian spirituality. If there was one thing that Pixar's soul did not have, it was Ignatian spirituality. That's very funny. I'm upset. I, I wonder love- if America will I wonder if America will run my critique of that article. <laughs> you should. I call that an op ed. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that enjoys the weather. <laughs> it's your boy, Ethan. And I'm... I hate this. <laughs> Lo- lovely that we're out of the polar vortex, don't you think? You've lived You've lived here enough to know that this is just what we in the business call fake spring. Fake, it is fake spring, but I'm taking full advantage of fake spring. It's, it is tricky when you look at your weather app and it says high 50s for the rest of the week and you're like oh it's i'm good i can put away the parka i can put Puck away the satani phil was wrong this time the the fleece lined underwear it's going into storage i don't oh, need fleece it lined underwear i just made that up i don't actually wear that but somebody out there felt really vindicated Gosh. for a second they were just like oh yes someone on a podcast also wears this weird weird underwear, underwear. is supposed to be easy to clean <laughs> why is that Fleet because of, <laughs> of your butt. <laughs> is there something? Is there something special about? I don't know, maybe I, I don't maybe I'm using it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so fleece is definitely not something that should line your underwear. Gross. <laughs> What's wrong with fleece? Is fleece hard to clean? I mean, I feel like it is. It's heavy, so it's like you can't just you can't just put it in the wash with a mm. bunch of other things. You know, it mm-hmm. takes up a lot of space. Yeah, you got to use a a wire brush. Yeah. 
I don't own anything that's fleece lined for the record. I'm from I Kansas. wish I owned I'm, something. I'm not from Minnesota. Like I'm not from that far north where they need it. That's fair. You know. So I, I, I'm glad. I am glad that we're out of this polar vortex. I'm hoping yes. everyone in Texas is 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 doing better. That's what that's what I hope. Because it was it was a lot of stuff down there. Did you hear Can that people be... got? Sorry, oh, what? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. People got ten thousand dollar utility bills. That's crazy. Because the way their the way their energy economy works is that when demand goes up, the price goes up, and so That's like nuts. I know, and it's an automated process too. Oh. So yeah, do pe- so were people really actually having to pay that, or is it like one of those things like they got this bill and then they don't they don't actually have to pay it? If I ever got that bill, I would be I would send it back with a little picture of me going. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not pay. Come and take um, it. Come and um, you want you want my ten that my non-existent ten thousand dollars? Come on, come on, and get me. Speaking of a similar idea, but on a very different scale, um, my mother, <laughs> on occasion will package up all of the mail that still gets sent to my home in Mm -hmm. uh, Kansas and will mail it to me. Yeah. And the most recent round of mail was, was fascinating. Uh, I had three, (laughs) I had three letters from Kansas state university and I was thinking, Oh, they're probably commending me for like being a distinguished alumnus. They're probably like want to give me an award. They probably want something, you know, it's library dues, isn't it? So, So I've got these papers here. And uh, this is it says here statement of account. Okay. Oh gosh, um, you owe us money. <laughs> our records indicate that your account has one comma or more parking citations that are now fourteen days past due. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Okay, so that was that was the first one. This was letter date January oh one twenty one. This is getting sent to my home in Kansas, not where I live in Tulsa. This is getting sent to somewhere I don't live. You're my off mom the grid. didn't my mom didn't tell me about this. She just mailed it to me and then I had to open it and discover <laughs> this. Second one, statement of account, second notice. Oh gosh. Our records indicate that your account has one, comma, or more parking citations that are seriously past due. Yeah, <laughs> Show I below bet. is a summary of what is due. Letter date February 01, 21. Third third notice, final notice. letter. Oh gosh. Your account is seriously past due. The citations listed below are over 75 days old, and our records indicate that payment has not been received. This is not good. This is not good, Patrick. So they sent it to collections? They're about to send it to a collection agency. Um, oh, my gosh. I know. Wow, so they, I'm going to call you know what, you know what happened when You know what happened when I didn't pay my parking tickets what? at Franciscan and then graduated? They probably did. Well, it wasn't when Nothing. I... It wasn't when I was in school. I went to a wedding in November. Oh. And I, I, it was a Friday wedding. The wedding was at five and I showed up at like four 30 and parked in a parking lot because St. Isidore's doesn't have a ton of parking because there's construction. Yeah. And so I parked in the a parking lot at four 30 PM on a Friday. Apparently you're not supposed to park there until five. Everybody at this wedding got a ticket. Father Gail says, don't worry about it. Like we'll talk to the parking services. We'll get all this taken care of. So I just threw the ticket away, you know, thinking in in my mind oh my priest will take care of it and then i come to find yesterday he didn't that i'm i'm about to get my credit score wrecked by the the very place that i spent thousands of dollars attending to get an engineering degree let me uh, i understand you people in texas who are paying ten thousand dollar utility bills but at the very least you know you deserve this right like you you used all of that gas what? For you for <laughs> to stay warm, I was just trying to go to a wedding to celebrate the the sacrament of matrimony. I'm getting hit with a sixty dollar fine. 
crazy. Should, first of all, you should call them and tell them the situation. They'll they can pull it out yeah, of collections. Yeah, 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 okay, I will. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna do that. But that, still. That, that's like I said that 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 whole imagine that my whole... horror opening three consecutive increasingly aggressive. <laughs> notices i i hate when i get mail that says like final notice stamped on it like i'm gonna die but it's just uh it's just an ad for comcast (laughs) and i'm like you guys suck you guys suck you you should not be able final notice final warning the lays are only going to be on sale for one more week down at down at the grocers yeah one more week to get those two for one lays uh oh my god final warning though so update in my life Yes. No, oh, please, no. please. No, 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 nothing. That's it. I've decided. I've decided that I am going to stan the Bible. I've decided to become a Bible stan. What have we been doing this whole time? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I, was I talking to someone else for the past four and a half years? <laughs> what, where, where, where are we? What's going I on? I want to do right a now? completely unpaid advertisement for the Bible for the in Bible? a year podcast. Oh, okay. With Father Mike. It is. No free pub, Patrick. Very good. No, free pub free pub for scripture and clerics. I think free pub for clerics. Except for those two. You know who, which ones I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 We know Father Anthony and Father Harrison on the and Clerically Father Speaking Pit- podcast. We're never going to give them any free pub. We're never going to give them any free pub because they don't. <laughs> uh, so, Father, so Father Mike's podcast, and here's the reason why I love it. So back in the medieval times when Father Mike was uh, forged from solid bronze, um, that wasn't funny. I thought that was very funny. I was just listening. It was good. Oh, okay. I didn't want to laugh because I, back, was, I back, you were back in medieval story. times when when old Tommy Aquinas and Bonaventure were going to school. You had to like before after so your bachelor's degree was the equivalent of a liberal arts degree. Back now. when Thomas Aquinas was forged out of calzones. <laughs> back when he was in the brick oven in in Aquino, Italy, or wherever he's. <laughs> so like you would get you would get like this bachelor's degree that covered pretty much everything that everybody knew because there wasn't a lot of stuff yeah and then before you even studied theology you would for a year you would be in a classroom with a with a a, a biblical master and you would read the bible cover to cover stopping as the guy would comment on each passage so you would read the whole bible and you would have a whole annotated bible essentially and so you would like you would read the entire Bible before you even start your theological education. Plus, you would have this like intensely logical training of like how how Aristotle's metaphysics works and how logic works. And so you were like essentially a PhD level before you even graduated from your bachelor's degree program. Wow! And I was like, why don't we do this anymore? Like, why? Don't... Because we it's, have to teach leadership skills, Patrick. You know what? You know what? You know you know who stopped all of that? Rene Descartes. He was like, "How are really? we supposed to know all of this is true?" And then the university system was like, "Great, we can stop doing this now." Finally, somebody I know. says it. Finally, stupid hey, people. Can hey, be... also, can you figure out a way for me to like put like I have five things on this axis, but I got four things on this other axis. I have no idea what to do about this. <laughs> can you, could you also like <laughs> figure that out for me? Now that we have yeah, all this extra you... time, now that we're done with the Bible, we can plot points on a graph. Yeah, oh, we need some. Uh, for we need so some. Long, I've been toiling, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. When I have a piece been, of data, I've been no. searching the mysteries of the universe. I need to be able to confine the universe to a two by two grid. That's what I need to do. I was thinking for so long we've been studying the Bible, but what if we had a guy who ruined <laughs> modern thought? That would actually be really cool. I think we should do that. <laughs> we should do that. We should do that. So. My 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 the reason why I love this this uh, this podcast that Father Mike is doing is because essentially that it's 
you read a passage of scripture and then he comments on it and you read a passage of scripture and he comments on it. I love it. And got to say, I haven't been listening, but now that you're selling it to me, I might do it. That's, that's the thing is like, I I'm, I'm saying this only because I know there's a lot of people out there who would do this, but there's like something inside of you that's stopping you. It's like, well, I, I've never, I don't, I don't really like, I tried Bible in a year before and it like didn't really work for me. I did it. I've done it too. And it was like, very dry and it, it's helpful to have someone guiding you through it i mean thomas aquinas had someone guiding him through it you know well mm. i think he may have read it beforehand then anyway doesn't matter yeah it and was so written, like it was written on the roof of the brick oven that he was, <laughs> that he was <laughs> and and uh, you know that story of thomas aquinas getting locked in a tower like rapunzel yeah, yeah and yeah. yeah and then getting then chasing a prostitute around because he was defending himself it was self-defense uh, he wasn't just gotta like, tell that, like, gotta, gotta tell that story in the right order. Yeah. You gotta find that story in the right. Someone sent the prostitute to him and then he was yeah. like, get out of here. He wasn't like, I gotta find me some prostitutes to chase. <laughs> like uh, Scooby-Doo going through all the different <laughs> doors of the tower. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, he, he pretty much only had the Bible with him and the, his hagiography hey says that's where he memorized the Bible. Like he, mm. Thomas Aquinas memorized the Bible. And I was always like, wow, he must've been so holy to do that. And I've been, but I've been reading this thing. It's kind of riveting. There's some like this. Patrick, what? listen, <laughs> you're saying this like it's a big, people have been captivated by this book since the fourth century. Yeah, yeah, yeah but now I'm like, discovering that it's okay. awesome. So that's it. <laughs> I've, I've known that in like in my head that the Bible was good, but like yeah. now I'm like sitting there, I'm like, okay, I'm reading. And okay, okay, here, and this is the other thing. A lot of things have been happening recently that have kind of all lined this up. First of all, Father Mike's commentary on certain parts of scripture have kind of made it come alive a little bit more. Parts sure. that I've, I've read previously for my degree, and I was like, okay, fine. Like Parts that I recognized, and listening to it again, I'm like, okay, cool, I remember where this comes in scripture. But like the way that he reads it, first of all, it's, it's, it's taught me how to narrate scripture in my head. Mm. And, and read between the lines and be like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, it goes from... It goes from the prophet says this and then this person dies, right? But it's like it doesn't go into the human drama that happened in between the prophet like prophesying Hezekiah's death and then mm-hmm. it happening or Hananiah's death and then it happening, you know? And and uh, so I've also I've been listening to Father Mike read the Bible and he reads it very well. And then also I've been wa- I watched a couple of like biblical uh, Bible movies, you know those things? Oh yeah. Yeah, and there's a couple on Formed. You know, Formed. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. good. They're pretty good. Okay. And what is what is happening on this podcast right now? I don't Patrick's know. Coming to me. The next thing you're going to say would be like, "Oh, I read Sherry Waddell's Forming Intentional Disciples. I thought it was great. I know. I think I could actually do this. I don't know what all the fuss is about. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, but it's uh, and, and being able to see see at least like a depiction of Jerusalem mm-hmm. in my head. Now I kind of have like a depiction of what the temple looked like, what the tabernacle looked like. You know what it was like for people back then to interact, even though it's you know very Hollywoodized. But hey, it's uh-huh. it's it's at least made me truck through Joshua in a couple of sittings. You know, and and, and I, I'm trying to get ahead of, of Father Mike's podcast so that when I'm listening to it again, it's a refresher of the story as opposed mm-hmm. to like yeah. But anyway, what I really want them to do is I and Ascension Press. If you're listening, I know you are. I want them to re-release this podcast as an audiobook so I can just listen yes. straight through on repeat. Yes, Queen. that's what I really want. Because, like, I, I listen to podcasts in the background all the time. And, like, I know the Bible should never be in the background. But it's like, if, I listen, if I'm listening to it over and over again, I always have something to put on that's going to be edifying, you know? Right. So Let me say this. I, I've been having kind of similar realizations to you, but not driven by the Bible in a year podcast. Cool. So we've been, we've been doing two things. I've been doing two things. 
one has been um, if you're a focus missionary and you all should be uh, <laughs> no Curtis no. Curtis Martin and Ted Shree release a, a Bible study every week for missionaries that's going through salvation history oh that's and awesome it's, it's been a deep dive uh, on at least up until now we were really heavy on the first you know 11 chapters of Genesis and just explaining all of the the genealogies and all of the like all the things connecting together I it just blew my mind like I, I like you I've read it before and I go through it and I'm like oh this makes sense that this guy has a bunch of kids and then this guy has kids but we start thinking about it like the city of God and the city of man is evident from Genesis chapter three from the beginning from yeah. the very beginning yeah. like it's it's right here of Cain's line and then Lamech and then Seth's line and Enoch and all of this stuff and I'm just like it's my mind is being blown you get to Noah you've got Ham and cursed be Canaan and you've got Shem and Ebru and and oh, Eber who's from the Ebrews and the Hebrews it's just like it's 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 uh it makes so much sense and I've heard all these these things before kind of piecemeal but when you actually read it through and then you lead a bunch of other guys through the study uh like i've been doing it is it's rocking my socks and then so combine that with like i have the new testament study bible i cut this out of the podcast last week when i talked about it but i've had the new testament study bible that Mm -hmm. i've been reading a chapter of matthew every morning and trying to like study it and make the connections with the old testament and highlighting and annotating in my bible and all this stuff uh so that i'm getting like going from kind of the beginning and then kind of the end and i'm gonna try to meet in the middle and it's it's been awesome i feel like i know so much more stuff did you oh my know, gosh yeah did you know first everybody knows that john the baptist is the new elijah right everybody knows yes. this very common knowledge what i never put together in my mind until last week is that elijah when he rolls up in first kings closes up the heavens right and says that there's going to be no rain for three years that's kind of his whole thing because he's going against the the Baal priests who are uh-huh. like worshiping nature they're trying to control nature with their with their their worship of these pagan gods he closes up the heavens and at the end of his time of being a prophet or whatever the heavens open back up and then rain starts again um and so this is kind of this whole story then you have john the baptist right what does he do he comes baptizes jesus what happens boom heavens open heavens up open up right so it's it's not like the waters that give life to the plants and the animals but it's the waters of life in baptism and it's all so connected and it's like i did not know that and that wasn't even in the the footnotes of the new testament it was just talking about elijah and then i went back and i read that and i made that connection on my own because i started re- start seeing things in a new way and it's yeah. like finally i feel like scott hahn where like the New Testament is hidden in the old and revealed and fulfilled in the new, like, or whatever he says. Um, <laughs> covered it, covered it, covered it, covered it, covered it, covered it. It's incredible, and everybody should read. This is a Bible podcast now. We're only going to talk about the Bible. We're only going to talk about the Bible from now on. Okay, first, yes. also, if you if you read Genesis, like, get, mm-hmm. if you read, read the Torah over and over again like the Jews did, because yeah. you will know, you'll remember names. And then yes. when, when it talks about, like, when God says, Ephraim is my helmet, Right, you're not going to be like, okay, whatever that means. Yeah, but you're going to cool. know that Ephraim is one of the two sons of Joseph, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's Joseph, not a good technical example. Technicolor Dreamcoat Joseph. Yeah, Technicolor Dreamcoat Joseph. I haven't but gotten that far in Genesis 14. When you watch what in the in the Joseph story, uh, there's a scene where. Uh, the brothers bring Joseph's youngest brother. So Joseph's the 11th youngest. And then Benjamin is born while Joseph is in Egypt. And they, Joseph in disguise to his brothers, who's he's powerful now he's in Egypt. He tells them to bring their brother back. So he knows they're not lying to him and they're not spies. He's Josh. 
you know, he's kidding around. Yeah. And they bring Benjamin and he wants to keep he 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 plants he plants something in Benjamin's knapsack to try and like trick them and see if they're still evil and they're going to, you know, kill their father's favorite son. And uh in and he says I'm going to Benjamin is stolen from me. I'm going to keep Benjamin and I'm going to kill him and Judah offers himself as a sacrifice for Benjamin. Ooh. And Judah, yeah, is the tribe that Jesus is a part of. The so tribe you're telling- that David You're descends telling from me and, yeah. that Jesus is from the line of Judah. No, come on. <laughs> That's the other thing too. That's the crazy thing is like, there's a pattern in Genesis of the firstborn having the birthright. Judah's not the oldest. Yeah. You know, in theory, it should be the oldest son that like steps up and does this, but it's he's not, not even the second oldest. He's the fourth oldest. He's the fourth oldest. So he's just like this random brother that decides to put himself in place. And there's so many connections with like, Jesus doesn't come from the most obvious place. He doesn't come from the most uh, uh, powerful. He's like born in a he town that we don't even from really. Reuben. We don't even know where Nazareth is. You know these days, yeah. like nobody, nobody knows where it is. Nobody knew who Joseph was. Nobody knew who Mary was. It's like Judah. What? Why are you popping up out of nowhere? This doesn't make any sense. But that's the that's the line that Jesus comes from. It all it makes yeah. so much sense. And it's so, Judah, when it. when the when the Israelites encamp, they have. Um, First of all, their encampment is the tabernacle at the center yeah. and the Levites around it and the other 12 tribes. So Joseph's tribe is split in half. So there's two half tribes. So all the tribes plus the like the Levites don't get a land allotment because the Lord is their inheritance. Yeah. And so the Levites are surrounding the tabernacle. That's where they live. And then there's three tribes that way to the east, three mm-hmm. tribes north, three tribes south, three tribes west. It's the sign of the cross. Yes. Okay. And when they march out, Judah is first. Because Judah means praise, and in one of the Psalms, this is what Father Mike says: says, "Let your praise go up first. And so Judah goes up first because it's because his name means praise. And I'm like, this is so cool. It all connects. It's all connected. And so we, it's all we connected. here at the we here at the Crunch Podcast Don't would like to encourage you. <laughs> encourage what to do? What Patrick to read the Bible? The Bible. Thank you for listening. You can you can call 1-800-555-3294 to donate today as we continue our Bible-a-thon. Donate I would say, I would say get the Great the Adventure Bible. Bible because it's really cool to be able to put the narrative together, but uh, they're on such a big back order. None are going to ship until May because the Bible in a Year podcast is so successful. It overtook Joel Osteen's podcast, and uh, people all the, over the world are rediscovering get, the Bible. Just get the crappy RSV2CE. You can get one for super cheap. That like is the pl- like the paper cover and like covered in plastic, or you yeah. could probably your local church probably has one if you just walk in and be like, "Do you guys have an RSV two CE?" Yeah, uh, the Great Adventure Bible is cool, uh, but if you just want to read the Bible, it's the same translation the RSV two CE. Yes, get get the Great Adventure Bible if you can, but don't let that stop you from the the the. I always remember that Jeff Cavins gave a talk once. He's like, "This is what people do when they read the Bible; they buy a new one because the old one didn't work," and it's like. <laughs> It's just funny. It's like whatever Bible you have is the one you should read. If you don't have one, get the RSV two CE, and just yeah. and just go for it. It's gonna be that's great. really funny. Yeah, he also says the that that's. I, I think I was at that talk. I was. That I was think his, we were there together. Yeah, that was. I his think talk we were holding see. hands through that entire talk. We were. Also, I, I'm trying to get Jeff Cavins on the podcast because uh, he released a podcast a while back. I meant to send it to you. It's called a. It's called a message to young Catholic entrepreneurs. Oh, that's and nice. I listened to it, and you know how like you know how like you wanted to talk when you know how everybody goes up, not everybody you know how people go up to speakers and they're like I want to do what you do yeah 
his response is what every speaker should have said, which is in response. Um, it's like not what what I got when I was younger was discouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't you have no idea what you're talking about. It's like yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm 14. Yeah. Um, but his encouragement was like, if how how do you want to serve the church? And this is one of the ten things he was like. He was like what do you mean you want to do what I want to do? Like I'm doing what I'm doing, but you're going to do what you're going to do. How do you want to serve the church? Right. And distinguishing from the idea of, I just want to start a podcast Mm. versus I want to start a podcast about that does this, you know? Yeah. Um, And so yeah, he had, he had, he had several other really good points. I I recommend everybody go listen to it. No, I will. But I want to get him on here to talk about that with us. Cause I love old, old Jeff, just for Jeff. We could have a podcast just for Jeff. Just for Jeff. That'd be so fun. Uh, do you think we'll have to call him Mr. Cavins? We Probably. might. I might have to read the whole Bible before we have him on. Just yeah, so we'll, we'll have to refer to him as your fool. eminence and all that. Yeah. I told my team about the time that you uh, tried to call Scott Hahn by his first name in a meeting. They said, it's Dr. Hahn. <laughs> it's they, Dr. Hahn. They reference that all the time. They it's Dr. So Hahn. <laughs> it's so funny. His name's Mr. Cavins. Don't, we, please don't call him Jeff. Me and, me, and Fre- me, and, me and a friend of mine do that with uh, with Bob Rice at Franciscan. Because oh, yeah. he, he told me to call him Bob once. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. Dr. Rice. <laughs> Call me Bob. Bob Rice. What a character. All right. This is good. Uh glad we glad we really cranked through the whole Bible. Yeah. Uh we should we s- could I think people if we did like a if we ever have the time to do twice a week podcasts and we did once a week our normal podcast and once a week we talked about scripture, I think people would really love that. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe that should be our bonus podcast. I think it should because I think people would I think people would would actually want to because our bonus podcast right now is just we talk about whatever. But what if the podcast was something that people want to hear? What if <laughs> what if the scripture became our main podcast and then this became our bonus podcast? No, and no, we no, no, no. Just this is every... something that people this is something that people should not pay for. This is yeah. something that people should not pay for. <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. That's funny. I was about to say then we would become like every other Catholic podcast where the main content is real content and the bonus content is like actually fun and entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like in, in one, in one sense, I don't want to charge people for my Bible reflection reflections, but in another sense, Ascension press does it all the time. All the so time. why can't so we? Why can't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, so hot take time machine. Welcome to Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show that encapsulates that feeling you get when you're trying to fall asleep and you remember something embarrassing you did in middle school. I'm Patrick. Uh, Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? I do. I'm Ethan. Um, Here it comes. So I found this. (sighs) It's kind of funny. So March 29th, 2016, I used to live with this guy who was much older than I. Um, That sounds weird. He was kind of like a rhyme. I was a a limerick. I there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> I was a sophomore and he was a fifth year senior. We were both in the same fraternity. So we, we lived in the same house my sophomore year. And it was very interesting because he was very much like, like I'm imagining me at the age of 23 living with a 19 year old. And I just have no idea how he did it. That's impressive. Um, yeah. He was very, very frustrated. And so he was also Lutheran and he made a list of 25 theses and he uh, taped them to the fridge. And I would just like to read... <laughs> I would just like to read some of them to you. Um, it's entitled Things That Don't Make Sense to Me, a.k.a. Things That Make Big Bird Irrationally Mad. His nickname was Big Bird because uh-huh. uh, he was a large man. 
Number one, why the dish towels in the kitchen always end up covered in food and then disappear. <laughs> Number two, laundry street <laughs> being done while people aren't home. And organized pots and pans covered can be destroyed in a matter of minutes. Why there are more meals worth of leftovers than residents in the house. Uh, why John McCain's age was such a concern when Bernie Sanders is just as old. <laughs> there's, a, there's been a whole cranberry juice in the fridge for months. Sponges <laughs> are left inside of the sink to stay moist and then they just fall into the garbage disposal. Air fresheners and silverware keep disappearing. The weak toilet paper keeps hurting me. My plan, <laughs> The plans keep changing and no one is telling me. Horror movies use cheap scares, e.g. little girls. Leave them in The Shining for crying out loud. <laughs> the flag outside keeps getting stolen. People are complaining about Wi-Fi at the library when, even at its worst, the Wi-Fi here is 10 times better. <laughs> uh, people using school computers not for schoolwork. Most of our date party themes. And then the last one is capital T, capital D, the driveway. <laughs> TD the drive. What? There's lots more that are more specific to uh, our house, but I just thought that like he was full old man energy, and I loved the that's the John incredible McCain, the John McCain Bernie Sanders comment. just the random so like funny. here's my political here's yeah. my political beef a very tiny political beef. Imagine good. what he thinks now. <laughs> I I'm I'm considering inviting him to my wedding, but I don't know if I should because we haven't talked in a long time. But I think yeah. it'd be fun to see him. It's just uh, you know you know it's yeah. one of those. It's one of those things. Yeah. Um, For a speak- week, I had a, a very old roommate. Not a very old roommate. He seemed old. He was large and had a beard. And uh, yeah, it's it. He, he was he was interesting. His name was Grant, and he was a very nice guy. And uh, he snored loudly, but so did I. And we did not talk. It was very weird to share a room with someone that I didn't know. You do snore pretty loud. How dare you? I got that fixed. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, oh, I you mean, got the old the old CPAP, huh? No, but I am married, and she doesn't complain about that. So it's oh, pretty so sure it's fixed. it's fixed. Yeah, it's fixed, right? Like I've either I I've asked her. She's like, no, it's fine. I just if you snore, if you ever start snoring, I just I just shove you, and you stop. I'm like, okay, That's- cool. Wow, you have an off button. I know. I was like, even asleep, I'm 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 terrified of inconveniencing my wife, uh, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Healthy marriage. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not on her behalf. I'm not terrified of her. I'm just terrified, I'm terrified in general. Of... I'm just a very <laughs> appe- I'm just a. Par- I'm, s- I'm quite <laughs> skittish, and I have. I been. do not. I do not like inconveniencing people. That's like that's, very. That's true. That's something yeah. I do not like. I, on the other hand. <laughs> go go out sport. of my way to inconvenience people. <laughs> I inconvenience people even if it's an inconvenience to me. Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, my take, uh, my not not my hot, hot take comes from James. Shout out James, one of our patrons from February 2013. A Facebook post. Why do my muscles hurt as if I've been exercising? That doesn't make any sense. What? Um is that it? Yeah, that's it. Was that the whole tweet? That's the whole tweet. Why do my muscles hurt? As if, I've, As been if I've been exercising. That doesn't make any sense. The, the, the joke is that he doesn't exercise. Uh, yeah. He had eight muscles, comments. Eight comments? Can we see what but the comments there were none, are? He didn't, he didn't include any of the comments. James, uh, we need the comments. James, we got to have the comments to really unravel this, this whole tortilla. Yeah, the whole tortilla. I, I want to get to the beef inside. I think the phrase is the whole enchilada, a different Mexican dish. Is the enchilada really Mexican or is it just something that they serve Americans? Well, I mean, I I make enchiladas and they're pretty Mexican. <laughs> all <laughs> an enchilada all, is just a burrito all that Mexican you cover food, in sauce. All Mexican food is a meat and cheese delivery vehicle. Yes. like it's all just meat and cheese. It's like Italian so, food. Same ingredients, hit shuffle. That's what it is. I love it though. Yeah, it's so I good. Say, well, enchiladas I say, Patrick, are different. I love it. <laughs> enchiladas are different. I promise. Why? Because you make you you cook the meat 
and then you make a you like wrap a burrito just just the meat and cheese you don't put anything Mm. else in there and then you put it in a baking dish and you pour a bunch of uh hot chili sauce sauce on it yeah yeah. and then you cover that in cheese and you cover that in toppings and you bake it Mm. so it's different good it's very good it toasts it toasts the yeah just right yeah i i I make a we make a lot of mexican food (laughs) you're really making me hungry all right how about a how about a topic? What do you think? How about a little bit of topic? Then you want to do a Bible study episode after this? A little bit of topic in my top. No, I, I can't because I got to go to a you thing. A, you got a meeting. I got a meeting. All right, <clears throat> Patrick, can you give us a little crunch on that jingle? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, one day when I came home at crunch time, I heard a <laughs> funny noise. Went out to the backyard, and Ethan was not wearing a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told a story. I told a story uh, the other day uh, because I was I was ta- I was talking about the Hofer House, which is in Pittsburgh. There's one of them, mm-hmm. and it's in Germany, but one of them's in Pittsburgh. And uh, it was college night, and I, a friend of mine invited me, and I went, and like I was like, I don't know if I want to go. It's kind of late, and then I went, and like <laughs> smash cut to two hours later, I'm standing with all of my friends on top of a table, scream singing whatever song is playing. And yeah. I told that story to my to to my wife, and she mm-hmm. was like, Did didn't don't you make fun of Ethan for falling off a pool table? And I was like, oh, yeah. So I guess yeah. maybe I did that, too. <laughs> we're, we're cut of the same cloth. It's true. Uh, every now and again. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, thank you for for stalling while I had time to mark my pages. In, you put all uh, your you put every single pen you own. In that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading this book. You need called, pieces of paper to I, mark your I books. Don't, I just don't have any. All I have is pens. Um, <laughs> I'm reading this book called "The Diary of a Country Priest" uh-huh. by uh, George Bernanos. I don't know how to actually say his name. It's French. There's Bernie. lots of French words in here. Don't don't get me started. It's hard. Because they say when they're talking about a guy, they just put M for Monsieur. Monsieur. And then for when they're talking about a, an unmarried lady, 
It's M-L-L-E for mademoiselle. mademoiselle. And then for a married woman, it's M-M-E for madame. Madame. And then when they talk about priests, they don't say father. They say curé, le, whatever town they're in. Hmm. Uh, so curé, le, de, le, torsi or whatever. So it's like there's, there's lots of weird different names. You got to figure out what the, the French are up to something. Okay. <laughs> I d- and I don't know what it is. But uh, this this book is 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 been heralded. It's a it's a a modern classic, as people say, and I really love it. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Calvary? No. About an Irish priest. Nope. Okay, similar vibe. It's it's that movie came out in 2014. A lot of people probably might have seen it. This book is essentially that, but without the sexual abuse scandal in the 1930s in France. So it's this guy. Gotcha. He's a priest. He's young. He's very sickly. And he's been assigned to this country town, this country parish. And there's like power structures of like there's this rich family and there's a lot going on with them. And then there's like the the baker who doesn't like him because he owes the priest owes him money for some bottles of wine that the baker allegedly gave him as a gift, but then expected him to like pay back for it. So there's like beef there. And then there's she's like trying to teach the school children, but the girls are like making fun of him all the time. And he's just trying to like teach his catechism class. And it's just it's just pretty it, it's his honest reflections of this priest as he's going through his his daily duties. Um, and it's his and it's, actual it's an actual diary. No, it's it's fiction. It's so it's okay. like it's but it's written as if it was a diary. And so you really it's it, it kind of captivates you in a lot of ways. And I really, really love this book. Uh, I'm not done yet. I got about 100 pages left, but there's some things in here that I think are important for us to talk about. Cause there's some things that I just don't think ever go away. Um, as far as relevance in the life of the church and people's legitimate gripes with the church. There's a lot in here about poverty, a lot in here about riches and lack of riches and kind of how those two things, uh, go together or not go together in the life of the church. There's one line at the very beginning that he talks about how, um, he says as a priest, I don't really mind if I'm rich or poor. I just wish that my superiors would decide it for me already. <laughs> like, which is, which is a pretty funny thing. Cause like priests based on wherever they're sent, either will live in the lap of luxury or be pretty poor. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a very, like he has a priest in the other town over who's pretty well off. And then he lives in his town and he just doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have a lot of money. Um, and so there's always like, Oh, why don't you do things like this priest does? And he's, it's just very interesting stuff. So there's this certain, uh, a parishioner that has this conversation with him that I've been thinking about a lot lately. So this is guy who's like atheist. He might've been raised Christian. He has this vague sense. He's a doctor. So he's this vague sense of, I need to give good things to the people around me, but I can't do it through the church because I just don't believe in what you guys are preaching. But he goes and he gives a free house to this guy because he just has a ton of money. So he's trying to be, he's altruistic, but like, not for any reason other than he doesn't know what else to do with his money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's kind of going on this diatribe against Christianity and against this priest. He's just going to visit him. You know, I think he was sick. He was going to see the doctor and the doctor's like, while you're here, <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you everything. <laughs> here are all got. my opinions. Exactly. So I think this is really, really good. Uh, so the, the, the line that the priest says that kicks it off is for others, I said, justice is a flowering of charity. It's triumphant realization, which is just true. Justice is a flowering of charity, right? If we have true charity, then we will have true justice. And then he goes off on this whole idea of justice. And he says here, after, after some other things, he says, 
This is the doctor talking to the priest. You have every means of humbling the rich at your disposal for setting their pace. The rich man wants to be well thought of, and the richer he is, the more he wants it. If you would only have the pluck to make them take the back seats in church around the holy water font, or even out on the steps, why not? It would have at least made them think. They'd all have one eye on the poor man's seats. I know him. The first everywhere else, but here in the house of God, the last. Can you see that happening? Oh, of course I know it wouldn't be easy. If the poor man really is the living image of Jesus, Jesus himself, it's awkward to have him sitting there in the front row, displaying his obscene misery, his face from which in 2,000 years you haven't yet been able to wipe the spittle. Uh, And I just, I love that. I love this idea. I read this I read this awful article <laughs> yesterday about how hard it is to look at the face of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, awful the, as in like bad, like poorly written? The article was poorly conceived and poorly executed. The uh-huh. article's thesis was essentially, uh, it's hard to look on the crucified face of Christ. So why? Why, why do it? Why should we? And... The title of the article was, uh, do, Cap- do we really need to be obsessed with the crucifixion during Lent, this Lent? What? And I was like, the answer is yes. The answer yes. is yes. The answer we is proclaim yes. Christ and him crucified. It's in, the, it's in the book. Remember that book we were just talking about? Yeah. And, and it, was, <laughs> it was funny because the, the guy talked about like, oh, the awful stations of the cross. And I was like, what? How, how can you say what, this? What publication and, was this in? Was it American Mag? It was American Mag. Uh, <laughs> and so, and <laughs> no free pub. And it was like, oh, well, haven't you heard of the Stations of Light? What? And it's a, a a devotional that. And here's the thing: devotions are devotions. You can, if you are bled by the Spirit to write a devotion, absolutely. You know, uh, it's like it's thirty years old. And I'm like, let's see, that that that's and that doesn't. That puts the it in 90s. an okay decade, I guess. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good things happened in the 90s. For instance, us. Uh, hey, welcome. Hey. <laughs> and he was like, I can't believe it took us over 2,000 years to finally stop focusing so much on the crucifixion and focus on the resurrection. I'm like, what do you mean? What Have you heard of the mean? Easter Vigil? It's one of the yeah. oldest liturgies of the church. You know that St. Augustine quote that we can't say during Lent because it has that word in it? Like, uh-huh. come on. You know, and... and and I think I think he accident this this author accidentally touched on a very obvious point, which is this is why crucifixes are being taken down in churches and moved around. It's because mm-hmm. it's very hard to look at the face of Christ. Yes, it's very difficult to look at the face of Christ. And the the doctor makes is that is it was that the doctor speaking? Yeah, that was the doctor speaking. He makes a good point. It's like maybe you don't want the poor sitting in the front because you don't want to be reminded of how you much you neglect them i think that's a good point Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's important to have a a broader conversation of this because uh we've we've touched a little bit on this in the past but you know and i know that anything that happens in the catholic church in america is because a rich person decided that it could happen because everything everything needs funding and we're not getting funding from the parishes like the yeah. average layperson is not tithing and not contributing enough money to apostolates to keep them running, right? Like that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is important for us to talk about. Now, not that I think that rich people are bad or that they shouldn't have money or that they're all just, if only every rich person knew what I know, then the church would be like, that's not what I'm trying to get at at all. Yeah. 
but I think it's important to to discuss the imbalance of wealth, especially as it relates to what ministries get the green light, what ministries don't get the green light, and how the church is moving forward into you know this next decade, into the next century, all of these things. Because I think we're in a precarious position. You know, we've consolidated a lot of the the power in in a couple of people. Mm-hmm. And they might be well-meaning people, but my concern is that their kids will not be, you know, and like, wh- where does that put us? You know, the if track the, record for rich kids is not, uh, is not stellar. Not great. Not great <laughs> for guys like you and I, uh, at least for where I'm at right now, our employment, our organizations depend upon this and depend upon virtuous people with lots of money continuing to fund what we do. And if they stop, then then the activities of the church stop because then we have to get different jobs. And we can still evangelize, not to say that like the church ends, yeah. but it means that we can't be as focused on it. Uh, and that means that things will necessarily slow down. And so the thing that I, I think is problematic, we can, we can talk about all of this, is you'll never see a fundraising event for a parish or for an apostolate or for a ministry where the donors are asked to come in and serve the poor. You're never, you're never going to have a fundraising event where you invite people from the streets to come in and sit down at the banquet and have the, the donors serve their plates, serve their tables, clean up after them, ask if they want, you know, their feet washed, ask if that's, it might be a nice thing that the priest does, you know, on, on Holy Thursday. uh, But it's not going to be something that you ask your multimillion dollar a year donor to do. Because that would be, oh, I just, oh, we, we could never ask. They do so much for this place. Why would we, why would we ever ask them to do that? And I think that's a problem. And I understand the need to like properly honor the people that, that, you know, make things happen. But I also think if we're scared to ask those people to serve the poor, then there's a, there's a deeper issue at play, uh, and this this might uh, this conversation might lose people some funding, you know, uh, but it I I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, how do we how do we kind of get out of this like Im, improper? Like, we should have we should honor these people and thank them and respect them, but we shouldn't like, reverence them in the way that they do. Like, just because they're yeah. rich doesn't mean that they are worth more. Yeah, my my home parish we. A, a very a very generous donor and uh they he recently passed away so god rest mm. his soul but mm-hmm. um not but do, yes god rest yes. his soul yes. they they donated a lot of money to our parish and they funded a large portion of a new parish ministry center right and i was very excited i was like what That's are we awesome. gonna name this yeah. you know i went when i was like what are we gonna name it um because i was thinking i was like i was thinking like the the bosco like the bosco building john bosco you know like because yeah, it yeah, was yeah. A, it was the youth ministry room and i was like let's sure, do that sure, sure. yeah and it it was the uh the the mercedes Bucher center um oh. because she her family donated the money uh-huh. and i i was like it's very great that we can honor this person but it what distinguishes a church building a building for evangelization a building for service of the church from a, a building donated to the American Red Cross, you know, mm-hmm. and or a university, or a university, yeah. And it, it's like, I mean, Franciscan gets donations, and they name the dorm after Saints Louis and Elizabeth. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. that that seems to be 
that seems to be a better course of action. I mean, and even if you want to say like, hey, you guys can name the building after a saint if you want, but we just have to approve it. You know, and because I think I think we do have deference to people who have money because they can they can make their money walk away. Yes. And we don't want that to happen. So we're just right. whether it's just deferring to them. That's it. Makes me think there is a there's a very you also particular... should name name buildings after people who aren't dead for at least a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Until their life kind of comes to light, because you never anyway. You're talking about the Bible. There's this very great story in the Bible about how Jesus specifically lets a rich guy walk away from him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. he could have. What Jesus could have done instead of doing what he did, which was say, "If you wish to be perfect, sell all that you have, come and follow me." He could have said, if you wish to be perfect, give a significant portion to my ministry and keep funding what I'm doing. <laughs> and, and, and I'll make sure you get, you know, regular updates and I'll like feed you, you know, every once I'll in a while. I'll send you my, my I'll send newsletter. you my newsletter. <laughs> he didn't say that. No. He didn't. We know that Jesus relied upon the donations of other people, right? That's in Luke chapter 8, I think, of like the women who were following him. There was Mary Magdalene and, and others who mm-hmm. provided for the, the apostles and for Jesus out of their means, right? Yeah, Joseph Arimathea gave him the tomb. Yeah, Joseph Arimathea, like we had to, re- Jesus had to rely on people. St. Paul, most of St. Paul's letters were fundraising letters, <laughs> you know? Like <laughs> here's all the stuff that I'm doing and like the last chapter, also I kind of I need some money. <laughs> it's just not going <laughs> I lost my ship. The tent making making thing hasn't been going so well ever since I got arrested. (laughs) I got arrested. I had to post bail. I got stoned. I got beat up. I got stabbed twice. twice. (laughs) Like there's, you know, I kind of need them. I can't even afford a (laughs) bandaid. So you could say, you could understand (laughs) I'm very small and I have no money. So you can understand (laughs) the kind of stress that I am under. Um, so there's nothing wrong with it. And I don't want to say that we should completely remove dependence upon these people because God all throughout history has ordained it that some people will have a lot, some people will have a little, and some people will have something in between, but everybody's responsible of, of giving in proportion to what they have, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, regardless. And in the Old Testament, it was a bit different because if you had lots of material wealth, it was a sign of God's favor. Jesus kind of takes that, flips it on his head, and said, "Blessed are actually the poor, and, and <laughs> blessed are you. Perfect, you're perfect if you give all of your money away, not if you have a bunch of money." And I think we shouldn't be afraid to have a true biblical worldview when it comes to approaching people with wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's that's the other thing there's an evangelistic component to this people read the scriptures and they see what jesus says about poverty and he, they see what jesus says about it is easier for a rich man to pass or for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven regardless of how fancy you want to interpret that so that you feel because the eye of the needle is an entrance to jerusalem and a camel's whatever you want to say it's still hard to get it in there <laughs> it's still hard it's still difficult and jesus like the whole the holy spirit didn't like intentionally obfuscate like scripture to make it so that only well learned people could understand what was going on. Yeah, right? if the quite sentiment the opposite, is true. The sentiment is true regardless of how much learning you have about Greek and so uh, or historical Jerusalem. And it doesn't the, really di- the very the various gates. Yes, like the Holy Spirit wasn't like, oh, this is going to make total sense to everybody because they're all going to know about all the gates of this city that's definitely getting destroyed in 70 years. Like, <laughs> the Holy I mean? Spirit was like, man, I really hope nobody, uh, d- I really hope nobody does an invasion. 
Because otherwise, this metaphor is not going to make any sense. I know. Man, thank goodness this city is going to be around for a long time. Man, this is great. <laughs> no, like people people who are not Christian or people who struggle to believe in, in the Catholic Church read that and then look at how the church behaves and look at the, the deference that mm-hmm. it gives to the people who have wealth. And th- people point out the, the, the disparity and it prevents them from coming to know Jesus because if they, mm-hmm. s- they say, your God teaches this, none of you actually do this, so why should I listen to anything else you say about sexuality or about prayer or about worship? And I think it's a really, it's a scandalous thing. And it's hard because nobody wants to lose their funding and nobody wants to have to go to their donor and say like all of the the privileges that you've enjoyed over the past 20 years and that your father has enjoyed and that his father has enjoyed, we're not going to give to you anymore because we need to have a more biblical worldview. That's really scary. Yeah. Really risky. But is it the right thing? I don't know. I'm asking, I'm just bringing this up because it's been making me think. I, I think I think you I think you I mean none, none, I feel like none of our listeners not very many of our listeners are in a are in a point where they can uh, change the social structure or the sure, social fabric sure. of sphere their of marriage. influence and all that yeah but I do think but they might be in ten years you know which is why I think it's important to talk about you know what I never thought about it like that like I, I say that a lot on our podcast about like well, none of our people are, none of our listeners are in this place right now, but like we are, we are in 10 years going to be in our thirties and then 10 years later in our four, you know, like as you go old, as you get older and you stay in a community for a long time, you do have, uh, you do accumulate more influence and sway and more money. Like that's the other thing is in, in America, if you, if you have a college education and you didn't become a folks. I'm just kidding. Uh, you're more than, more than, more than likely you're going to continue. Hey, listen, the, the, the job, the the salary growth rate for my field is not exactly stellar either. But what I'm saying I am is like upwardly mobile <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> Upward mobility for for people in our social class is all but guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of awful in in the in the grand scheme of things because like you know our our faith has been placed in our economy, you know, and I said our mm-hmm. our uh mm-hmm. The, a lot of the issues in ancient Israel came when people stopped putting their trust in God and started putting their trust in their own strength. And that's kind of how our economy is set up so that we can do that. So we can put our trust in our own strength. Um, and so over time we will grow in wealth. I mean, Phoebe and I are talking about that. Like what happens when we get out of debt and we, we, you know, get an emergency fund and then we start investing for retirement. We are going to have a, you know, you should have an emergency fund before you start getting out of debt, just so you know. We have an emergency fund now, but it's a smaller okay. one. You yeah. Gotta, oh, you're getting the bigger one. The bigger one, yeah. Got to have $1,000 put away. Yeah. Dave, David Ramsey. So, thus, thus speaks the prophet Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and like that, that's what's going to happen when we grow. And, and she, and I, she and I always have this conversation often. It's like, okay, so what, if, what happens if we have more money than we need? What are we going to do? Mm. Have, a <laughs> have a kid. Have a kid. Um, I think that's a good point. What you said about like we worship the economy. We have faith in the economy. Mm-hmm. There's there's another quote from the book that I'm going to read right now. Um, this is... Won't the somebody think of the economy? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's talking about how the coronavirus is affecting the economony. Yeah, nobody's talking about how the nobody's coronavirus is affecting. About- I wish someone would talk about the, how the coronavirus is affecting the economy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... He's, he's, this is his own reflections on kind of obedience and authority. 
uh, he's just journaling in his own diary. Uh, he says, for example, it seems to me I would willingly have served an authentic master, a royal prince or a king. You can put your two hands folded within those of another man and swear faith as a vassal. But no one would dream of going through such a ceremony at the feet of a millionaire just because he was a millionaire. It would be idiotic. The idea of money and that of authority cannot so far be confused for the former is abstract. Uh, and, he, and he goes on talking about some other things, but just he, he's reflecting on this idea that like it's crazy to to swear your 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 fealty to a guy just because he's rich. You know, mm-hmm. like we think about this. Like the people that you swear loyalty to or swear fealty to are people with authority with for people yeah. with kings or bishops, right? Like people who have been given authority by some higher power, you know, and we we don't have that because we live in a democratic sort of society. And so we don't really we have people who do swear loyalty to like like think of in, in police like police work or in the military. Right. That mm-hmm. that makes more sense. You know, there's loyalty to an office, loyalty to someone who has power over you. It, it makes sense, but nobody's going up to a millionaire and saying, I'm, I'm going to give you my whole life and do everything that you, you tell me to do. But yet that's still like practically how we live. You know, like we can see that there's not a, an implicit authority with having lots of money, but everything in our culture and everything in our society, like everybody pays attention to Elon Musk. Everybody pays attention to Jeff Bezos. Everybody pays attention to Bill Gates. And if the, those guys say jump, Millions of people say how high, mm-hmm. um, but they have no, they have no proper authority other than the fact that they yeah. just made the right investing moves, you know, fifty years ago. You know, don't, don't you we all do forget that? Forget about me. <laughs> we we, isn't that just how our economic system is set up? You swear fealty to. A rich guy. A rich guy in exchange for financial security. You know? Yeah. Uh, you'll give me my money and my health care, my mm-hmm. disability, and my life insurance, my retirement. My life is in your hands. It's interesting. I can't remember who exactly it was, but they were talking about how uh, eventually we're going to come all full circle and slavery is going to become uh, legal again. It's Belloc, yeah. It's Belloc, yeah, but he yeah. talks about how it's not going to be called slavery. It's going to be called permanent employment. Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrifying to think about because you can see, I can see that coming. I can see it on the horizon. He talks about he talks and the reason the reason he talks about that is not because of some Orwellian apocalyptic prophecy, but it's because mm-hmm. he he started with the observable fact that people in general are more afraid of losing their job than they are of going to prison. Uh, if you get mm-hmm. down to the bottom echelons of society, You've got. Can you use the word echelon for the bottom of something? You can. Or is it only upper echelon? I think that if there has, if there's an upper echelon, there's, there's got to be lower echelons. It. Cool. Yeah. So the bottom echelons of society. I want to make sure my language is precise. Thank you. If you get if you get down there, people people are more. See, like you and I may not be afraid of losing our jobs. I'm more afraid of going to prison than losing my job, right? Because I I, I would get I would get beat up by the inmates. <laughs> I I have I have a support system and savings and people to fall back on but if you get down to you know if you get down to the people that you work with in social work a lot of those people are more afraid of losing their job than they are of going to prison because Mm -hmm. if you lose your job you're going to be on the streets and the streets uh there's no guarantee of food there's no guarantee of uh heat especially up here in pittsburgh you know people are Mm -hmm. at at a certain point people are less afraid 
of of the of the law of the of the authority of the state than they are of the authority of the dollar. Mm-hmm. And Belloc pointed that out and said that's an issue because of exactly what you're saying. You can you can swear fealty to a king, and despite our libertarian friends' views, the state has legitimate authority. Like people have mm-hmm. legitimate authority over a, a geographical area. Right. But money has no legitimate authority. It just happens right. to be the thing that makes the world go round. That that yes. we made it. We made it that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 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 hedging my bets here because I don't want anyone to interpret this as some kind of anti-capitalistic, pro-communist. No, rant. Yeah. no, 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 no. That's I don't think anybody's going to get that at all. Man, I love Belloc. He's great. He really is. Mm-hmm. Uh. Someone someone made fun of me for promoting G.K. Chesterton and Hilary Belloc and made a joke about the three acres and a cow. Oh yeah. And I'm going to unironically make that like my my moniker. I'm gonna be like, yeah, three acres and a cow. That's what I want. Everyone should have Did three s- acres who, and a cow. Who advocated for that? What was it? Who advocated for that? The the joke of the joke of uh, at at Chesterton's expense is that he just wants everyone to have three acres and a cow. Like that that would be his ideal economic system. Really? Where everyone has land and a way of making money off that land. Oh, I mean, yes, the, okay. it's a straw man because obviously, if everyone had three acres and a cow, no one would need what everyone was selling. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how all of this is kind of connected, but I think these are important things to think about. I think that I think the main takeaway for me is that the worship of money comes quicker and more swiftly than you may expect. Right, and it and it even even exists in the church in the and it exists more so in the church than it than other places uh which is crazy like you have people in the political world who are willing to to make less money uh for the sake of working in the biden administration or Mm -hmm. like working for this particular senator or, or whatever right like there's there's a certain like allegiance to ideas uh which is admirable Obviously, if they're bad ideas, I do not admire them. But <laughs> <laughs> I do not admire you. I have withdrawn I would, my admiration. I, for one, am opposed to ideas that are wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Just going to say it right now. Send your emails to patrick at thecrunchcast.com. But I think we need to pray and fast for the church and pray and fast for the people who are in charge of those decisions. And ultimately, we need to put ourselves in positions that we can become those people who can make those decisions and have those conversations with people. Because if it just is the same old thing and the same old people inheriting the same old roles, then nothing is going to change. And we're going to keep causing scandal to people who aren't Christian. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep feeding into the wildly modern capitalistic American worship of money through the way that we run our church and we shouldn't the church isn't a business yeah we can use business principles and we can use business practices but we can't schmooze our biggest donors like they're our top you know shareholders like like that just doesn't it doesn't work doesn't work yeah it's not and it's if it does work it's going to work for a time and then god is going to take it away because he's not going (laughs) to reward lack of justice you know yeah he does that sometimes that's that's the other thing that i've actually actually Every time, <laughs> every time he does that, he tends to do that. It's 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 been very interesting because it's you read you read the Bible and you think you think you know you think you know the Israelites have learned their lesson, and you're like, surely oh, you guys have realized sure. that this by now. Time. Yeah, surely you've realized by now that making an allegiance with Egypt is a bad plan. Oh no, you didn't. 
oh no. But then you look at yourself and you're like, wow, I can't believe they're so stupid. Anyway, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go log back on to Twitter real quick mm-hmm. and just see what's going on. Oh look, I'm in an argument again for the eighth time today. Wow, like a dog like to its really vomit. But like a dog I, to its I, vomit. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think the entire book of numbers. This is the last thing. The entire book of numbers is the also has to be like, what if we had an orgy over there <laughs> instead of over here? <laughs> anyway, the plains of Moab are so much cooler. <laughs> we could go do it over there. <laughs> oh man, sorry, Wait, I, I cut you off. Carry you on. know, I, I, I think I do want to say it, it's like. It, one day you may be in a position where you find yourself able to make decisions. Oh, this is what this is what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um. Oh no, I lost it. That's. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, we were talking about money. We were talking about schmoozing donors. We we're talking about shareholders, shareholders, business, and running business. the church like a business. Um. Oh, this is what it was. So, if you remember from my interview with Elena Murdoch all those weeks ago, we were talking about scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. And like, again, yes. th- these, these can seem like businessy terms because they kind of are, but what wisdom is wisdom. And when you run in, when you run into a, to recap, she talked about a scarcity mindset is like the scarcity mindset is the mindset you find at every parish where it's like, we could do that if only we had more money, you know, or like, we just don't have the money. I mean, my wife works for a charity organization. And she says it all the time, like we'd love to hire someone, but we just don't have the money. And if you approach it from that standpoint, you, you, you sound very humble. Like the, if, if it, and it's fine for an employee to think that because they might, they might be like, yeah, none of my ideas get approved. But when a, when a, when a business leader starts thinking that way, when, when a, when a parish leader starts thinking that way, all of a sudden, instead of instead of appearing as humble as you want to, and, and you're like, oh, we have a spirit of poverty here. Mm. We, we, we don't have the money for that. We're very poor and humble. Instead, you find yourself desperate, mm. and you will take whatever offer comes your way, like when the Egyptians were terrified, like when the Israelites were terrified of the Babylonians, and they mm. were willing to take Egypt's pact, but Egypt was about to get taken over by the Babylonians. They just didn't know that, and God was like, hey, you should surrender to the Babylonians. And they were like, but we don't want to do that. Because we we're we're desperate, we don't have enough power to take the Babylonians. He's like, I'll fight for you, and they're like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, an abundance mindset would be like, we're going to trust God, and He is going to make the money come. And it mm-hmm. sounds very stupid because we are stupid, <laughs> not because the idea is stupid. What if I had sex with Hagar instead of my wife? I know you said I was going to have a son, but based on are human laws because she is my slave her babies are mine hmm? hmm i know you said that i was going to conceive and bear a son with my wife sarah but what about this super hot egyptian woman that i know <laughs> my name's abraham no one said I've she made, was hot. <laughs> i've made mistakes you have to assume that she was though because this is the thing right sarah was 65 years old and they brought her into pharaoh's courts and there were people running to the pharaoh saying this is the most beautiful woman we've ever seen you have to make her your wife right in genesis 13 (laughs) so if she was that good looking at 65 yeah and he and he chooses to say like actually i'm not gonna try it he goes to hagar what's up with hagar she must have been (laughs) she must have been i mean you all signs point to yes all signs I'm not a. I'm no Jeff Cavins or Father Michael Schmitz, but I will say that Hagar must have been pretty good looking. Either that, or the pickings were slim. 
Either but they that couldn't or have been pickings because pickings were slim. Pickings were slim. There I, were like 18 people on the earth at the time. I, I don't know. <laughs> and all of them were related. Yes. So, yeah, that's, <sighs> those are my thoughts. We we gotta we gotta approach we gotta approach things with an abundance mindset. Good. Everybody should read Diary of a Country Priest. There's much more in this book than just that. That's just one thing that I picked out. Uh, it's a really, really, really good story. Very spiritually edifying. Um, a scene reminiscent of the confession scene in Father Elijah. Um, oh, wow. Not not to the scale of intensity or depth, but to the similar kind of vibe of you're rooting for God to work in this person's heart. Um, and, and it's incredible when... Wait, the confession scene where he meets that guy who... The Count, yes. The Count, yeah. Yes. Uh, very, very good... I, it really good, just such I a just, good book. I know. So highly recommend Diary of a Country Priest. Read it. Doctor Than Zayden Corner. Let me add it. All right. Alright, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, Dr. Ethan's Dating Question. Hello, I am a junior girl in college. I started nice. dating an amazing... <laughs> nice. I started dating an amazing Catholic guy in August of, in August okay. of 2020. That's, that's the end of the question. Boom. Good job, everyone. We've had a great Thank relationship you. so far. He recently told me he is... T- <laughs> Perfect! Wow, that's just, this is so good. This is like this the, the beginning of a horror movie going. where you're like, "Oh, everyone's so happy. Let's just turn everyone's, it off right now." Yeah, right. This is good. Um, he told me he's transferring to another university, twelve hours away, for research. What? So, like, he's going to a research school. He's he's going to study abroad. <laughs> Which broad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <A> cigar. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's too good of an opportunity to turn down. Uh, any advice? It's for, not. It. Okay, it might be. It might be. 12 hours away. Gosh, Wait, that's far. 12 hours? Away. I'm sorry, I was thinking by plane. I was like, is he going to Europe? <laughs> <laughs> um, is it too good of an opportunity? It's too good of an opportunity to turn down. Any advice for preparing for that? Because he's going to move this summer. Um, I am nervous about being too emotional when he leaves and that I will self-sabotage the relationship. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, that happens. Wow. Any advice? Wow, I'm so, I'm so neurotic. I just corrected her use of a hyphen in that word. You really you really are. <laughs> no one no this one needed, no one was going to see that. I just didn't like the blue squiggle. <laughs> this is why I needed you on this podcast cuz I'm not <laughs> neurotic. Um okay. Wow. I'm going to uh, we're going to start from the fundamental principle of I trust that you guys have discerned this together. Yeah. And that he's not moving of his own accord and you're forcing yourself to be okay with it even though you haven't talked about it. That's if good. that's not if that's not true, stop this podcast right now. Go have a, <laughs> Go conversation. Have a conversation. Yes, um, where everything that goes forward assumes that you've both agreed to this, and that it's best for what's for your relationship. So, that being said, and also assuming you can't move, right? Yeah, which we've we've had some problems with in the past. We're not going to tell him. No, everybody's not, staying put. Everyone, no one's going anywhere. Not, okay, everybody, everybody, take your two feet, plant, plant them. them. You're, you're staying right there. I hope you like where you are because you're staying there. I don't care if you're in a bathroom at a McDonald's in Poughkeepsie and you don't live in Poughkeepsie. You're staying there. <laughs> so what you're going to need to do, number one, whatever whatever car you're driving right now, right? Probably it's a... Ford Pinto. 
Uh, no, I was going to say Ford Escape. If you're oh. a junior girl in college, you probably drive a Ford, uh, <laughs> a Ford Escape, five seater. You know what you're going to need to do? I need you to trade that in. You're going to get yourself a Prius. Okay, you're you're going to get yourself fifty miles to the gallon. Real fifty smooth. miles to the gallon. You're you're going to be cruising. Okay, make sure you get one of the ones that they fixed after the whole uh, the recall. You know, <laughs> and, I don't think they sell uh, the recalled one. <laughs> what if they did? <laughs> they welcome, welcome to Toyotathon. Buy all the cars that we messed up when we made them. Uh, they're only six dollars. So <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get a Prius and you're gonna name it the the Doctor Ethan's Dating Corner Mobile. Okay? okay. Alternatively, the Mystery Machine. And <laughs> you're gonna drive and you're gonna see him every weekend. Now I know that that sounds like a lot. It's literally a day of driving time. A day of driving, but what's the alternative, Patrick? Um, waiting until the research program is over. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, Dang. see, I mean, it. I was all in on this girl driving a Prius, listening to Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a year. Like, yeah, you know, if, I mean, if crunch. he's moving in the summer, if he's moving in the summer, the Bible in a year is going to be halfway over. Got you could binge done. that bad boy. I mean, I know, that's what I did. Done. I was fifty days behind. This I'm every cruising. relationship. Every relationship that writes in from this point on, I'm going to see if I can make it so that the way to get out of your problem is purchasing a Prius, buying a Prius, I, buying a Prius. We're, we're, we're gunning for that Toyota sponsorship. Oh my gosh. Like, if we got we sponsored got, by Toyota, would be, if they sent me a forerunner for all the good, good work that I've done, yeah, I'd be in hog heaven. That would be podcast podcast history. That'd be amazing. Um, okay. A custom so, crunch mobile where it's a, oh it's, my it's 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 got it's got three seats, one for you, one for me, and a and the middle seat is in a seat. It's a cereal bar, and the oh. the, back, the back of the truck is a is the podcast van from Seek Twenty Twenty, and in the middle seat is just five gallons of milk chilled, <laughs> at, chilled at all times. At all times, the car is running constantly. It's and like in the in the cafeteria. You've got the two percent. You've got the vitamin D. You've got the chocolate milk. Yeah. It's oh my. I miss gosh. having a milk dispenser, readily accessible to me three times a day, with just I a miss, swipe. I miss having the customizable 2020 Toyota 4Runner that is the Crunch Mobile <laughs> that we drive around the country doing live shows everywhere we go, only eating cereal that we have in the car. <laughs> I, I really miss when we did that next year subsisting. At subsisting on locusts honey and the cereal in our car locusts and honeycomb <laughs> honey crisp dang it dang it honey honeycomb worked honeycomb worked um okay serious time oh wait i, I was I, think... I was talking oh sorry when we did the interrupting thing that sounded okay. aggressive i was like oh wait no this is where we were in the podcast that's what i meant to say. no you you're good you need to remind me of this yeah thing. so based on my understanding of most research programs they don't last incredibly long no, it, uh, says, it said like six months on the email, didn't it? No, no, you know, he said he said I'm preparing for that. He's going to move this summer. Uh, we had a great relationship so far. He told me he's transferring to another university, twelve hours away for research. I mean, it can't possibly be that long. It can't possibly be like a four year research. Like, what is he? Well, worst case, she's she's a junior, which means that she's about to. St- she's going to have a year if he's moving in the summer. That she has a year of being apart from him. Fair, then, so she, the, it's more that like she can't move. Otherwise, she would. Maybe that's what right. it, what's unspoken yeah. here. Wait, no, no, nobody's she's, moving. Nobody's moving yet. Nobody's she just moving wants, yet. She probably wants to finish her degree at the school that she started her. Yes, 
her degree. Listen, next next time, everyone who writes in, make sure you tell us your five-year plan. For both all parties involved, five-year plan att- attached right. in the appendices yeah. section of your It email. also would be great if we started getting pictures just so that I could like put a face to the name. Yeah, just so I can judge like you know who's reaching and who's settling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's in the upper echelons? Who's in the bottom Who's echelons? in the bottom echelons? <laughs> uh, I think... How so? Her main question was, "How can I not be so emotional and self sabotage the relationship?" Therapy. I think the fir- first things first. Don't sabotage the relationship. Have you ever I think thought about not doing that? Have you ever thought about not doing it? the The only way to the only yes, it's it's reasonable to be emotional if you live far away from someone that you love. Yeah. Okay. I experience this every time Emma and I leave each other. I experience this every time cities. Phoebe leaves in the morning. I go, no, every t- come back. Every time I go, every time Emma and I are together and I go to the bathroom, she's crying. <laughs> I'm crying. Okay? I'm sobbing. Every time Patrick and I log off of the call, he's crying. It's okay? true for other reasons. It's true. It's true. So it's natural to have an emotional response. It's so because I don't think during the, it's be actually, it's not because we're that. apart. It's because during the entire podcast, Ethan in the chat function of our video chat is just constantly sending just really mean things. Just yes. <laughs> I actually bully Patrick and I keep... <laughs> Like you, you better get on this podcast again. <laughs> um, you're just commute. What's it all about, Patrick? You're gonna be fine. It's all about communication. I think. I think it's, it's called communication. The 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 thing is, you're gonna overthink it. Like I think what she's worried about, yeah. she's gonna worry about overthinking it. And what she's gonna yeah. do is, it's like they're gonna leave, and she's gonna be like, "Oh no, what if we shouldn't be dating?" And then yeah. that that nervous energy is gonna cause fights and the fights are gonna cement that idea yeah. of maybe we shouldn't yeah. be together i think something you should know is uh it's temporary and it's yeah. fine and yeah. it's normal and you're gonna be okay like there's no yes. there's no indication based on what you've sent us that there's anything yeah. wrong with your relationship so be at peace right there's someone i know who's a missionary at osu who's dating a missionary at maryland okay Gotcha. Oklahoma to Maryland. That's, that's the west. Long the west of the country is just all one blob to me, but it's a very big one. It is, and they never lived in the same city. And this is, and they're doing it right. Wow. They're faithful Catholics. They're flying out to see each other once a month. They're talking on the phone every single day. They pray together every single day. It's it's beautiful and it's incredible. It's very inspiring. I don't know how she does it, but she's committed and he's committed. Um, and that's what it has to take. You have to recognize that your life is going to change. You're not just going to be able to do what you normally do with him like you've been up to this point. Like it's easy to go and get together and study together and then hang out with your friends together. Your life is going to have to change and you're going to have to say this is going to be the time where I talk to him Yeah. in the in the evenings or in the mornings or whenever he's free. And he's going to have to decide this is going to be the time that I talk to her. And it's regular and it's unchanging and you can't get rid of it and you can't just casually hang out in the same way that you did before. So I would say to really prepare have those conversations and talk about realistically, when are we going to be able to talk to each other? When are we going to be able to pray together? When are we going to be able to share the things that we normally would just share when we would study together? Cause it's that shift. That's going to be the hardest for you. I would guess. Um, and if you are not aware that that's going to be the hardest thing, like, yes, it's going to be hard that he's far away. That goes away after a minute. The hard thing is how do I maintain a high level of investment and commitment with someone who lives 12 hours away. That's really, really difficult. Um, so c- talk about those things, pray about those things, make sure this is actually what you want. Make sure he's is on the same page. Cause it communi- you got to communicate. 
You got to communicate. Gotta. That's the only way this is going to work. When the distance increases, communication yes. must increase. Indeed. A communication uh, is only, directly proportionate. If only we had a guy who could invent a, a, a way for us to display that visually. A graph? Oh, oh! You mean you? So someone would have to invent a a quad Indeed. a quadratic plane. What's it called? It's yeah, you're right. A quadratic plane. Yes. Nice. And he would also have to ruin <laughs> philosophy for some, everyone. Some the, if only this guy could come up with a principle of some kind. If only this guy could create the most damaging principle that's ever been created in the history of man. I'm pretty except, sure the Cartesian principle is about geometry. Well, uh, anyway. He said, I think, therefore, I am. And because of that, the, the Holocaust happened. So it's... <laughs> there's there's some steps in there, but yeah, you're about right. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Cartesian, is Cartesianism is in a series on Wikipedia on Catholic philosophy. It should not be. It should um, not be. Anyway, <laughs> it just happened to be Catholic. Oh, it's called a Cartesian plane. Yes. Gotcha. If, if, there, if, there, was a, if there was a plane... That was actually a Cartesian plane. It would uh, it would it would be puttering along fine because it was actually mm-hmm. part of a Thomistic plane. But once it stopped hanging out with the Thomistic plane, it would immediately plummet to the ground. Right. Yeah. And the whole time the plane would be going to the ground, and be like, I thought it was a plane. I thought it was I a thought, plane. The, I plane it was a plane. the plane would be like, how how could I actually know that I'm falling? No. <laughs> the Cartesian plane would have a bunch of dials that are like spinning, like danger, danger, danger. But the pilot's like. How do we know these aren't lying to us? How do I know yes. there's not a big demon that's playing around with me and I'm not actually about to die? Cartesian Ridiculous. plane. Very funny joke. Uh, so anyway, if you would like to join our Patreon, uh, Patreon $1 or more, or is it $3 or more? I don't know. Anyway, the bottom level gets you it's access to the $10 Facebook page. or more. $10 or more gets you access. I don't know. If we do, if we do the... Uh, if we if you want us to do the Bible study after after hours Bible study, uh, I'm pretty sure the bonus podcast the Patreon level for bonus podcast is five bucks or more. So five bucks or more will get you on the get you the Bible study that we do if we do it. If you're a patron, let us know if you want it. We'll have to we'll have to create a different RSS feed because I don't want our Bible study on the same feed as the yeah, Jackie Francois think- quote from last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we we did it, we should commit of like if we get um you know six hundred dollars a month or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Patreon is set up for. It's set up for right. hey, if you hit a Patreon goal of seventy five patrons, you get you will do this. Yeah. yeah, we should we should do that an informal Patreon goal. If we make em- enough to decide that we're going to do it, then <laughs> I like. So that. what you should do is indiscriminately join for lots of money, and yeah. then we you will get this is something that nobody wants. Let us know. But if it's actually something that you want, let us know and actually join Patreon because it'll tell us that this is something that's worth our time to invest in. So yeah, because we would I love would love to doing do it. it. Yeah. Patrick would love doing it. Uh, it will become more of a reality uh, probably after I leave staff because I already do multiple Bible studies a week. And uh, <laughs> what's another one? You know, <laughs> I know. So it's we'll see based on based on interest. We'll 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 talk about it. Yeah. Facebook.com slash group slash the Crunchcast. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? What echelon are you on? Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.